Good afternoon and welcome to Catholic Radio Indy's Evangelization Celebration. Normally at this time of year, we have our annual dinner, but as with a lot of annual events, that won't be happening this year. We had intended to present our first annual Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Evangelist of the Year Award at that dinner, but instead, we'll be taking this next hour to celebrate the evangelical mission of Catholic Radio Indy and to recognize the efforts of this year's recipient. In addition to our evangelization celebration, we also have an online auction going at the moment. Bidding is open through 11.59 p.m. tonight. We have lots of great items and events available, so after our evangelization celebration wraps up around 6 p.m., you can go to catholicradioindy.org to register and place your bids. You know, one of the great items you're going to be able to bid on is a... Lunch or dinner at the Meridian Hills Country Club with Monsignor Joseph Shadel, who happens to be sitting right across the table from me right now, a great supporter of Catholic Radio Indy. Glad to have you with us. Thanks, Ken. I'm delighted. Delighted to be here. Delighted to support Catholic Radio. I remember when the whole enterprise began years ago with uh, when I was working in the Chancery with Archbishop Beekline, and glad to support our... uh, our auction that's going on now with with the dinner. Yeah, it's one of those things. Every time we come up with a new way of you know trying to raise funds, we can always count on Monsignor Shadle to step in and say, "Okay, count me in. What can I do for you?" It's great, great, great blessing for you us. You know, uh, you know, I mentioned Archbishop Beekline. I had the privilege to be his vicar general for seventeen years, and that's one of the things I learned from Archbishop Beekline. Um, in order to do the ministry of the church, in order to do ministry, you have to have money. So he spent uh, some of his time, uh, probably more than most bishops would be willing to do, in really raising money because he said in order to do ministry, you have to have money. You have to have support. It's amazing how, just how supportive the people out there are of Catholic ministries, of Catholic radio. And it's a great blessing for us to be able to give back. And, you know, with this uh, evangelization celebration that we're doing today, it's a way of looking at what we do and ways that you can help us and we can help you. It's all about getting the message out. Sure. And even in this time of the pandemic with our relative isolation and so on, I think that the uh, the media, radio, is, is more important than ever in the work of the evangelization of the church because we can't get together in person as much as we used to or at least now as much as we'd like to. So in order to uh, to do that, the use of Catholic radio is is always invaluable, but probably even more than right more than than ever in this particular time. Uh, Monsignor Shadle has been kind enough to kind of serve as our spiritual advisor. We try not to overwhelm him, but every now and then we <laughs> Somebody will approach us and say, can you put this on the air? And uh, sometimes it's a really easy decision. We say, oh, sure, why not? Uh, Other times it's, gee, I'm not sure. We better talk to somebody who knows more about it than we do. And uh, Monsignor's always been able to step right up and say, I don't think I would do that one. Or uh, (laughs) occasionally, you know, usually it's the other way around. Usually it's sure that's fine. But it's nice to have a voice of authority that uh, helps us out and makes some wise decisions there. Good, and I think everybody appreciates that. We want Catholic Radio to be good, solid Catholic teaching. And with that, uh, 
Monsignor, we're going to let you slip out, and there's some some good food back in the back, from what I understand. Okay. So you can slip back there and enjoy that. We're going to take. Uh, oh, and, and before he goes, we want to remind people that one of those dinners that you can bid on is with Monsignor Shadle, and you, it's not too late to bid on it yet. Just go to Catholic Radio Indy. Dot .org catholicradioindy.org that's available all the way up until 11:59 p.m. so we're going to take just a couple minutes here to plug some of the things that are going on with that auction and we'll be right back with more of the evangelization celebration right after this Catholic Radio Indy's online auction is in full swing, and as of today, you can bid on some great premium items. Wouldn't you be thrilled to have three of your family or friends join you for dinner at the Meridian Hills Country Club with Monsignor Joseph Shadel? Meridian Hills' top-notch staff of culinary and service professionals will ensure your visit is a memorable one. Look for item number 1001. Could you ask for anything more? Dinner with both the pastor, Father Richard Doerr, and new senior associate pastor, Father Dan Gartland, at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This meal for 10 people will be prepared by Father Dan Gartland, who is an excellent cook. Guaranteed to be a great meal with fabulous company. Look for item number 1003. Or maybe a unique dining opportunity with both the former and current pastors at Holy Spirit at Geist, Father Dale Ehrman and Father Dan Gartland. This culinary experience for 10 people will be prepared by Father Dan, an excellent cook. A fabulous meal and no doubt wonderful conversation. That's item number 1004. And last and probably least among the premium offerings... You can join the hosts of The Catholic Cave, Tim O'Donnell, Mark Tuttle, and myself, Kent Blanford, for a morning cup of coffee or maybe some pizza and beer one evening. Your choice. And two 12-ounce coffee mugs featuring the logo of The Catholic Cave will be yours to remind you of this once-in-a-lifetime event. A great time for all you armchair philosophers. That's item number 1002. Bidding is open now. Just go to catholicradioindy.org to register and place your bids on this and dozens of other great items. Then check back between now and 11.59 p.m. Wednesday to make sure you got the high bid and update your bids. Thanks for your support of Catholic Radio Indy. And we are continuing on with our evangelization celebration. And now, Jim Ganley has a special guest with us. Jim? I do. We uh, talked to Bob Typen, and as I mentioned uh, in talking to Bob, I've been with Catholic Radio since it signed on about 16 years ago now. But uh, Bob and several other people have been with it for a lot longer than that. One of the people is one of our original board members, George Maley. George, welcome to our broadcast. Thanks, Jim. And George is actually uh, figures into this broadcast a little, a little more so than just that. Uh, e- each year we talk about how the job of Catholic Radio is catechizing and evangelizing. And uh, George suggested, well, you know, maybe we should have an, an award for an evangelizer. And we thought, okay, that, that makes sense. And then George even came up with a great name for the award. And the uh, namesake of our award is Bishop Fulton Sheen, and George, uh, at one point, you actually had a had personal contact with Bishop Sheen. Yes, Jim, I had a meeting with him. But let me go back to the idea of evangelization. Indianapolis has been blessed to have two exceptional 
Christian evangelists to preach the gospel of Christ in the last half of the 20th century. These being at the Coliseum at the state fairgrounds. The Protestant minister, Billy Graham, gave his message on conversion and salvation in the late 1950s. Then came the charismatic Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, noted radio and television personalities with themes of Christ's gospel as seen in the TV series, Life is Worth Living. I personally remember Bishop Sheen's Sunday night series opposite the Milton Berle Comedy Hour. Mm -hmm. So effective was TV, Sheen's TV shows that he received numerous awards and even appeared on the cover of Time magazine. The ultimate compliment, in my estimation, was when Milton Berle called Uncle Milty by many of his friends laughingly but in good humor referred to Sheen as Uncle Fulty. <laughs> Burl jokingly said, I can't believe that I'm the best Jewish comedian in the business and being beaten in television ratings, and he's a Roman Catholic priest. <laughs> Fulton John Sheen was born on November the 8th of 1895 of Irish heritage in the Diocese of Peoria, Illinois. He knew from his earliest years of age that he wanted to be a priest. He was ordained in 1919 in Peoria, and after his ordination, he continued his studies at Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., and then in Rome at the Pontifical University, St. Thomas Aquinas Angelicum. Then he returned from Rome and taught philosophy until 1950 at his alma mater, Catholic University. On June 11th, in 1951, he was consecrated an auxiliary bishop of New York City and served until 1966. In that year, he was appointed as Bishop of Rochester. He resigned just shortly of three years later in 1969, and he died 10 years later on December the 9th, 1979, where his body was interned in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. In my estimation, Bishop Sheen exhibited a sense of intellectual brilliance, a charismatic personality, and a dedicated to the priesthood cut in stone. All of these attributes were seen quite clearly in his television programs as well in his everyday demeanor. I had the opportunity to speak with Bishop Sheen, Jim, as, I, as you indicated, one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one in 1976 at the Hilton Stevens Hotel in Chicago where he spoke at a Sarah International Convention. Most noteworthy was his gracious Irish charm and wit, which he conveyed with flashing eyes and a commanding voice. In 2002, Bishop Sheen's cause for canonization as a saint was officially opened under the leadership of the Diocese of Peoria 
And from then on, he was referred to as, quote, servant of God. On June the 28th of 2012, Pope Benedict XVI announced that the Congregation for the Causes of Saint had recognized Sheen's life as one of heroic virtue and proclaimed him Venerable Servant of God, Fulton J. Sheen. A major step for beatification. Sheen was scheduled to be beatified in Peoria on December the 21st, 2019. Not quite a year ago. But the beatification was postponed after the current Bishop of Rochester expressed concerns that Sheen's handling of a 1963 sexual misconduct case might be cited unfavorably by a forthcoming statewide report from the Attorney General of New York State. That cause did not involve, that case did not involve Sheen and occurred three years before Sheen even became the Bishop of Rochester. To add to the confusion, the body of Bishop Sheen was secreted out of St. Patrick's Cathedral after a costly lawsuit by Joan Sheen Cunningham, the nearest living relative of Bishop Sheen, who demanded that his body be returned to the diocese of his birth. It was my recommendation about a year ago to the board of directors of Catholic Radio Indy, Catholic Radio Indy, that Bishop Fulton J. Sheen be our role model for Evangelists of the Year Award. Today our nation is living on the edge of a gigantic abyss because the Word of God seems to be as outdated in our lives. We at Catholic Radio are challenging all priests, bishops, and the laity to speak out, to re-evangelize the world today as those evangelists did in yesteryear. Catholic Radio has chosen Bishop Fulton J. Sheen as our role model for all to try to emulate in one's own way to bring the gospel to a very troubled country. Which certainly needs to be done, George. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. I uh, want to remind you our auction is still open at CatholicRadioND.org. And I wish we had uh, more time here. We have had a couple of uh, cuts that, of Bishop Sheen, little recordings that gave you an idea of his personality. And he was, he was funny. Besides being uh, brilliant and a great evangelist, he was also entertaining. And uh, we just won't have time for those today. But we do have uh, some information that we would like to pass along on Sheen. Uh, Bishop Barron of uh, Orange, California, had a, has a current series of uh, study out called The Pivotal Players in Catholicism. And he chose, of course, some of the fathers of the church. But also one of the pivotal players was Bishop Fulton Sheen. Bishop Robert Barron, Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, has produced the study series about pivotal players in the world of Catholicism. Among those players, Bishop Barron has included Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Here's an excerpt from that series. I'm standing here 
in beautiful St. Patrick's Cathedral in Midtown Manhattan, one of the really great churches in the Western Hemisphere. We're here because I'm filming for our Pivotal Players series, and one of the Pivotal Players is the great Fulton Sheen, who preached often from the pulpit right behind me, knew this church very well. I want to tell you a little bit about Fulton Sheen because I know for older Catholics, maybe 70 and older, he's a household name, but maybe for some younger ones, he's not. Fulton Sheen was born in uh, the little town of El Paso, Illinois, which is not far from Peoria. Became a priest of Peoria, was very well educated both in this country and overseas. He got his doctorate from the uh, Catholic University of uh, Leuven. In fact, he got a postdoctoral degree, the so-called agrégé degree, which was a very high-level academic uh, credential. And Sheen then commenced a career as a um, university professor teaching at the Catholic University of America, my alma mater. I was there many decades later, but uh, Sheen taught there for about uh, 20 years or so. During that time, he began his work as a retreat master, as a public speaker traveling around the country, then became very involved in radio, eventually getting a show called The Catholic Hour, where he did apologetics and theology in a more popular setting. A turning point came, of course, in the 1950s when Fulton Sheen was offered the opportunity for a primetime television show. And it's hard to imagine now, but here's a Catholic bishop who spoke for a half hour. He was competing with Jackie Gleason and, uh, and uh, Frank Sinatra and the leading uh, entertainers of the time. And he beat them at their own game, becoming one of the great TV personalities of that time. Um, as I say, hard to fathom today. But he was a very powerful and very popular evangelist on the public scene. And that's why I've always taken him as a model for my work in Word on Fire. Uh, he set the tone in many ways. You know, I think now it was a great act of courage on his part, not just prudence, but courage, too, because a lot of people in his own time thought, look, you're a high-level academic. Why would you fool around with, you know, radio and television? Uh, it'll present the faith in a, in a flat, superficial, uh, overly popularized way. But Sheen had the vision and the panache, I would say, to do it. And he did it remarkably well. Yes, to a popular audience, but never in a, in a dumbed-down way always bringing the full uh, uh, wealth of his academic uh, training to this more popular work. And so he becomes thereby, I think, one of the great pivotal players for all of us today who are using um, media creatively. How did he do it? You know, in one way, it was easier for Shane than it would be for someone in our time because there was a great consensus in our country around a lot of moral issues, even religious issues. Most people in his time would have believed in God, would have gone to church and so on, certainly believed the, the basics of the moral life. So in a way, it was easier. But nevertheless, um, Sheen appealed across denominational lines. His method, especially on his TV show, was to begin not with a fine point of Catholic doctrine, but to begin with something in very ordinary experience. Now, at the time, communism was a big issue, so he often talked about that. He talked about a political issue. One time he talked about aviation, and that was his way into a discussion, I think, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, his genius was to find metaphors and points of contact in the general uh, culture. And man, did it work. At the height of his powers, he was getting like tens of thousands of pieces of mail a day uh, that came to his office here in uh, New York. So I think that's uh, the genius of Sheen that we can learn from today. 
because God knows we need to do a lot of evangelizing. Um, I've spoken often about the rise of the nuns. There are a lot of people in our culture who are falling away from religion. And I think the challenge of our time is, is like the challenge of his time, to find a vocabulary and to find the means, the technological means, to reach out to a wide audience. Think of John Paul II, another great hero of mine, who spoke of the new evangelization. It has to be new in uh, method, new in approach, new in ardor. Well, you know, the, the means, the approach, the method, that's what we're trying to use today, as Sheen uh, did in his time. And let me just end on that note, having mentioned John Paul II. There's a famous uh, photograph of John Paul II when he came to this cathedral, 1979, embracing Fulton Sheen, who at the time was a very old man, in fact, within a few months of his death. And he came up to John Paul II, and the Pope embraced him and said, you have been a, a loyal servant of Christ. And it's a, it's a lovely uh, uh, photograph. And for me, it's like a meeting of, of two of my heroes. And that took place, I think it was right behind me here, right near the famous pulpit from which Sheen often preached. Uh, so a privilege to be here at St. Patrick's, privilege to um, speak about Fulton Sheen and to call upon his uh, example as inspiration for us today. Keep praying for us, and God bless you. This is our celebration of evangelization here at Catholic Radio, and very shortly, we're going to be presenting the Evangelist of the Year Award, and we, as we've been telling you, have called it the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Evangelist of the Year Award, and that's going to be going to an area priest very soon. I want to take just a quick minute here to remind you, if you haven't bid on the auction yet, you can do so right now. It's at catholicradioindy.org. catholicradioindy.org. 146 different items, and you won't believe the variety. Please check it out. If you've been outbid, jump in again, because all the money goes to support Catholic Radio to keep uh, the programs that you're listening to every day on the air. So we want to thank you very much for that. And with that, uh, our, our theme here is evangelization, and there is a uh, local priest who has written a book on evangelization, so I think it's only fitting that uh, we hear what he has to say. Yeah, and um, recently I had the opportunity to talk to Father Guy Roberts on Faith in Action, and um, he had a lot to say about discipleship and the new evangelization. In fact, as Jim said, he wrote a book on it. So uh, since we're going to be presenting the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Evangelist of the Year Award uh, later this hour, I wanted to bring Father back today to speak about the new evangelization. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about, Father Guy. So welcome. Thank you for having me again. Um, well, why is this topic so important? And um, how do we, I guess, animate it in our culture today? I mean, that's maybe a very difficult question, but take a stab at that one. I think if you're going to talk about evangelization, you have to understand what it means. And it's such a loaded uh, word, and everybody's got their own take on what it is. It comes from the Greek word Oyangelion, which means literally the good news. Uh, 
And I think one thing we have to be sure we're not um, mistaking is when we say it's good news, it's not just pointing to a life to come when this one is over with. It's something that's happening here and now when we come to that relationship with Jesus Christ. And in thinking of um, uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen, one of his programs is called Life is Worth Living. So that is the good news that even life here, although it's transitory and it's filled with pain, it is worth living when Jesus enters into it. So um, we're, we're here to help people to live life to its fullest, as Jesus said he came, that we might have life abundantly. Yes, and you um, you have an interesting background. You weren't always Catholic, um, and it might be said that you took a long <laughs> took a long way around to get to Catholicism. Tell us a little bit about that. I was raised as a Baptist, and then um, later on in high school, began to search out the Catholic Church a little more, and eventually settled on the Lutheran Church, Missouri Center Lutheran, for a little while. I did my undergraduate preparing to go to their seminary in St. Louis. Uh, finished my theological studies at Butler University, my undergraduate, and then went on to the Master of Divinity program at uh, Concordia St. Louis. And before I got ordained, I decided this was time to go ahead and fulfill my what I felt the Lord was calling me to, and that was to become Catholic. So, What do you think it was that maybe drew you to um, Catholicism, or was it like an intellectual... You know, some people read their way into the church and other people have a different experience. Maybe they meet somebody. What What was it for you that, that drew you to the church, do you think? Well, I think it was just wanting that deeper encounter with Jesus that could only be had through the Eucharist, especially the sacramental life of the church, the uh, apostolic lineage, uh, the historicity. So it was a combination of a lot of things. I think began with more or less the prayer, the spiritual uh, draw, and then, of course, uh, pursuing the academic side of it, the reading books about it, discovering more and more about the theology and the history. So it all goes together. So how did you happen to write this parish manual, The Heart of the New Evangelization? Why did you write that? And um... I've always had an interest in evangelization when I was in the Lutheran Seminary. In fact, when I was still in my undergraduate, I had plans of becoming an evangelist for the Lutherans, which meant at that time becoming a church planter. So back then it was a lot of door-to-door evangelization, and in fact I helped to start the Lutheran Church on the north side of Indianapolis that's right next door to St. Simon. And that was just for a lot of knocking on doors and starting uh, very small, and now it's grown to a very, very large congregation. Have, so, you, have you knocked on their door and said, hey? <laughs> I don't think they would stone me if I went back and said, hey, I, I'm one of your founders. A Catholic priest helped to found your parish. I'm sure they'd be very welcoming, probably find it very humorous. Um, but I've always had that love for going into places where the people had not heard the gospel and thought about foreign missions for a while, but realized there's so much domestic mission and really evangelization is domestic missionary work, as starting with our, even here among our own selves our, as Catholics. So it's uh, something the popes have called for as part of the new evangelization is a re-evangelizing of Catholics so that we know what we have and we can share it with those outside. So the new evangelization, um, is it new? Is it something that we've always been t- supposed to do? Are we supposed to be using new means? What What's new about the new evangelization, if there is such a thing? 
Well, the gospel is a timeless message, but it has to be presented to each new generation in a way that they can comprehend and understand. Of course, uh, Fulton Sheen coming right at the beginning of the television era could come into people's living rooms and introduce them to the Catholic Church. And my grandparents on both sides used to watch Fulton Sheen, either even though they were not Catholic. So he found a way to bring Catholicism into people's living rooms who might not even have been, ever set foot in a Catholic Church. Have you happened to, and I have recently, but um, just kind of in preparing for this uh, Fulton Sheen, you know, award uh, celebration, evangelization celebration, I've gone back and watched some of some of the shows. Have you had a tendency to go back there and just watch or read more? Yes. I mean, has there been a reinterest? I mean, in your own life or just in people that you see about Fulton Sheen? Well, interesting, among a lot of the twenty-somethings and thirty-somethings in the parish, they're just in love with Fulton Sheen, and his uh, work is very much available through social media, YouTube, and uh, so forth. So, so yeah, uh, at times I'll go back and, and look at some of his programming, and he and I have something in common. He used the chalkboard. I, when I'm teaching my classes, usually use a marker, dry erase board, but mm-hmm. um, so I feel a little handicapped when I don't have that behind me to, to write things down. So, But uh, just a very easy personality, the way he presented the gospel was through his own personhood, which is so important for the new evangelization. It has to be not just a message, it's the message personified. And in your book, you talk about the four principles of the new evangelization. What are they? So if you can imagine a circle, and at the top of the circle is, and going down from the top to the, to the next stage, starts with the encounter with Jesus Christ. Um, somehow we encounter Jesus in other people, in, in going to church, uh, maybe reading a book, maybe hearing a radio broadcast. And that should somehow pique our interest. And whether we've been lifelong Christians or Catholics or whether we're just uh, discerning, listening to, to the voice of God. And then that leads to the second thing, which is the personal call. And that's what I would call the beginning of the conversion. It means we have to say, I want this. I'm willing to change my life to, to follow this, this message, this, this person of Jesus Christ, to become a disciple. And unless we have that buy-in stage, then it just stops there at the encounter. Um, the buy-in, the answering of the personal call, leads to the bottom of the circle, which is ongoing formation, which ultimately throughout life becomes a total transformation into the image of Jesus. And only after our ongoing formation are we able to go to the other side of the circle, which is the mission or being sent by Jesus. We're equipped, and we can't share what we don't have. And The disciples were with Jesus for three full years before they were sent out. So, I'm curious. Um can Facebook and other social media play a role in the new evangelization? You talked a little bit about maybe you know how how Fulton Sheen used um, you know television to kind of engage his audience of the time. What about? digital media and maybe the new media that's available and how should we use that or should we be using that with uh, the new evangelization here? I think we should use anything that we have to to create an encounter with Christ, to get the message out. But I think the digital age is making us a bit lazy. And of course, the quarantine because of COVID-19, we think we can do everything from our homes through a screen, and that's just not possible. So I think even Fulton Sheen would say, we can use this media to drive people to the communion. And that's what life in Christ is. It's not just a me and Jesus, it's the communion of saints. And so there has to be the local parish, the play, the sacramental life of the church. But, but by all means, you know, St. Paul says in the fullness of time, this is in Galatians, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. The fullness of time, I mean, it was right. At that time, the entire Roman Empire was speaking Greek. 
and just prior to that, you couldn't travel the whole world and, and speak one language. But now the apostles could write the New Testament in Greek, and it could go everywhere in the empire, and anybody could pick it up and read it. So that was the latest technology of their age. And um, travel was easy because of the roads and the seaways that the Romans had invented. So, so God knew what he was doing to send his son at that point. But, yeah, we need to use everything to start getting the message out. But social media can only go so far. It has to be that person-to-person, which is... Uh, uh, the way God sent his son with a human face in, in person to meet people face to face. And you know, uh, when you were talking about that in terms of the, the personal encounter, um, I want you to describe a little bit about this icon that's on this on this book that you wrote that there's a picture of Jesus and he's pointing to his heart. Talk about that heart relationship versus maybe the head relationship, uh, if so, there is such a thing, you know, the head, sure. the, the knowledge versus the heart, you know. Yeah, St. John Paul II said that catechesis is one moment within evangelization. So it's it's important to know the catechism and the teachings. But nobody ever says to us, I love you with all my head. It makes sense to love you, and I've reasoned it out. And, and we'd say, oh, thanks, I'm so flattered uh, that you've... Um, Put, put it down on paper and decided this was the best thing. No, we love with all of our heart. And so this image is uh, really what evangelization is. It's not, evangelization is not a message that's written down. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And he's pointing to his heart. And on his heart is the face of God the Father. So he makes visible the invisible Father through his human personhood, Jesus, that is. And with his other hand, he's reaching out to the masses of people. It's a feeding gesture, an offering gesture. So um, Jesus is saying, look to me and you'll see the invisible God. And he's offering that to, to others. It's that sense of communion. So each one of us is supposed to be that very image. We make visible the invisible God in a world that so desperately needs to see him. And we, we offer ourselves in love for their salvation. So um, if someone wanted to get a copy of the book, how would they go about doing that if they wanted? I know you're still in the... Go talk a little bit about that, just the mm-hmm. your little editing phase, kind right. of your... I, the first uh, manual has been copyrighted, but it's not been published yet. Okay. It's, it's a working draft to see uh, what I needed to tweak over the years as I was introducing it in the parish. But you can get this draft at our Joan of Arc website. It's www.sjoa.org. And you'll have to search around. I'm not sure which uh, button it's under, but it's the uh, the heart of the new evangelization. And you can download an e-copy of, of the manual. And at some point when I get more time, I'm going to go do a rewrite. And I already know some things I'm going to move around and, and do a little different. It's just having had a chance to, to see what was working and rolling it out in a parish setting. Father Guy, thank you so much for being our guest today and talking about the new evangelization. I, I want to delve into this book some more. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. God bless. Thank you. Catholic Radio Indy's online auction is in full swing, and as of today, you can bid on some great premium items. Wouldn't you be thrilled to have three of your family or friends join you for dinner at the Meridian Hills Country Club with Monsignor Joseph Shadle? Meridian Hills' top-notch staff of culinary and service professionals will ensure your visit is a memorable one. Look for item number 1001. Could you ask for anything more? Dinner with both the pastor, Father Richard Doerr, and new senior associate pastor, Father Dan Gartland, at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This meal for 10 people will be prepared by Father Dan Gartland, who is an excellent cook. Guaranteed to be a great meal with fabulous company. Look for item number 1003. 
or maybe a unique dining opportunity with both the former and current pastors at Holy Spirit at Geist, Father Dale Ehrman and Father Dan Gartland. This culinary experience for 10 people will be prepared by Father Dan, an excellent cook. A fabulous meal and no doubt wonderful conversation. That's item number 1004. And last and probably least among the premium offerings, you can join the hosts of The Catholic Cave, Tim O'Donnell, Mark Tuttle, and myself, Kent Blanford, for a morning cup of coffee or maybe some pizza and beer one evening. Your choice. And two 12-ounce coffee mugs featuring the logo of the Catholic Cave will be yours to remind you of this once-in-a-lifetime event. A great time for all you armchair philosophers. That's item number 1002. Bidding is open now. Just go to catholicradioindy.org to register and place your bids on this and dozens of other great items. Then check back between now and 11.59 p.m. Wednesday to make sure you got the high bid and update your bids. Thanks for your support of Catholic Radio Indy. And it's so much fun watching the bids. You can go on the website and you can see instantly if you've been outbid and actually uh, if you bid by phone or by internet you get a notice either by email or by text that you've been outbid so it's a lot of fun and you can keep really close track on it but we uh, it's all over at midnight tonight so please get on the website and bid at catholicradioindy.org well we've been telling you for weeks maybe longer than that about the award we're going to present and I think it's about time that we do that. So I'm going to uh, introduce Kent Blanford, who's going to introduce our presenter for this evening. And at this time, we are very pleased to be able to, produ- to present, for the first time, the annual Evangelist of the Year Award based on Fulton J. Sheen's evangelization throughout the years. To present this first award is Archbishop Charles C. Thompson. Father Guy, it's an honor to present this award to you. The, uh, I, in preparation for this evening, I went back to read some of your book that you wrote on your sabbatical, and I believe you presented it to, to me just within a couple of weeks after I was installed as Archbishop of Indianapolis back in 2017. I even have those notes I got back out. Uh, and uh, just reading over your notes, you, you're reaching back to Lumen Gentium, the Light of the Nations, and Pope Paul VI, Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, now Pope Francis, talking about how they called us to this new evangelization, not to create new programs, but to find new ways to proclaim the gospel, and doing that by our words and our deeds. And I've heard you preach, and you do that very, very well in your homilies, as well as the witness of your life. And so it, I think I think it's a great uh, a choice to give this first uh, award of the Evangelist of the Year, uh, remembering Archbishop Fulton Sheen to you uh, for all the many ways that you, that you do uh, provide such a, a witness of evangelization. So I don't want to take up your time here, but I do want to thank you, congratulate you, thank you, and uh, thank you for continuing to be such a great priest for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and for being such a wonderful witness of bringing people to that personal encounter with Jesus Christ, which is what evangelization is all about. Congratulations. We're all kind of worried about socially distancing. It's hard to evangelize too much when you have to social distance too much. But thank you, our Archbishop, and um, thank you, Catholic uh, Radio Indy. Very 
humbled by this award because our archdiocese has so many fine priests. And of course, I'm sure this would have included uh, priests from Lafayette and the surrounding area as well. So, so I'm very, very humbled. And um, when I got the news that I had been chosen, just uh, the first thought was, why me? Uh, I have been a great um, lover of evangelization since my days as a Lutheran. And as I just said in the interview, helped to start um, at two Lutheran churches, actually one here in Indianapolis and one out in uh, Connecticut. So then became a Catholic and uh, I always had that interest in helping Catholics to basically tell the story of what we have. And when I first became Catholic, I said, why aren't you all as excited as I am to, to know what the rich treasure we have in the Catholic Church? And certainly Archbishop Sheen, a great model of what it means to be a human face on the message. And if I would say anything about evangelization, it has to be that human face because evangelization is the um, work of Jesus Christ who came into the world, the Word made flesh. So it's not just the Word, but the Word made flesh, having that human face. So uh, Fulton Sheen able to come into people's living rooms by social media of his time. That was a brand new media called television. So I'm very, very honored to follow in the, um, in the footsteps of such a great uh, shepherd of Jesus Christ by continuing to proclaim that same word. So um, I'm not sure how much time I have here, but I will uh, just say again, thank you to Catholic Radio Indy. Thank you, Archbishop. Uh, it's an honor to serve here in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and certainly uh, an honor to be a Catholic and walk in the footsteps of uh, Fulton Sheen. So many blessings to all of you. Thank you very much. All right, and thank you very much. We're proud to present that award to you, and we've uh, imposed on the uh, Archbishop here. He would close our program this afternoon with a prayer and a blessing. The Lord be with you all. And with your spirit. Good and loving God, we give you thanks for your, all that you continue to provide for us to, to carry forth the mission of your Son, Jesus Christ, the call of our baptism to holiness and mission, uh, to be evangelists, to go forth and to bring others, all that we embrace, all that we encounter, to a personal relationship with your Son, Jesus, to carry out your will, to be guided by your Spirit. Bless uh, Cali Radio Indy, all its benefactors, all its listeners, each one who are, who are gathered here. Special blessing upon Father Guy as he continues uh, his great uh, work in this area of evangelization. May we seek always to glorify you in word and deed. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Archbishop Thompson, for that uh, fine blessing. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to our broadcast this afternoon, our presentation, which, as we've uh, been telling you, would have been made at our dinner had we had a dinner this year, had we not had a virus this year. It's that simple. But well, we want to thank everybody for uh, stepping up and bidding during our auction. The auction is not over yet. It's going to be going all the way until midnight tonight. And again, I want to stress that it does shut off automatically. We can't hold it open for another minute for you because because uh, you want to bid. It's all electronic. You'll see a clock counting down second by second. So if you want to bid, right now is the time at CatholicRadioIndy.org. And in the studio here, we've got a computer running, and uh, I see Kent's looking at some of the bids that are coming in right now. I'm looking at a number of things out here. And uh, for those of you who are uh, looking for, you know, maybe a quick... Uh present for somebody you know christmas is coming eventually like the rest of the world um i'm, I'm looking at one item here uh for all you uh cathedral irish out there uh 
there is a Cathedral Irish bucket of gold basket out here that doesn't have a single bid on it yet. So for all you Cathedral alumni, Cathedral folks, uh, jump in there, get in a bid on that. You can get that one at, a, at probably a bargain price at this point, but maybe you know get into a war and bid it up. We won't object. <laughs> we'll get the ball rolling for us. That's right. We've got some some great uh, candle shades that are out there. We've got all kinds of really nice equi- nice events and things that you can bid on. Well, one of the other features that I really liked is there's a you can just put a bid in there, but you can also just buy it now. <laughs> so you can just give full price and just buy it now. So I th- I saw that option too. So I thought that was kind of cool. And a little feature, we'll tell you about it, as you register to bid, you can put what's called a proxy bid in. And that's the most you're going to bid, even though you don't bid that right now. So if you're like the high bidder right now and you think you're going to get outbid, well, you can put a proxy bid in. That's kind of like a hidden bid. If somebody else outbids you, that bid will come out and uh, you'll, you'll still be on top. So... But again, it all ends at midnight, so don't take your chances. Get in there right now and bid. I'm looking at some of these great items out here that people are missing missing out on. There is a Notre Dame Fighting Irish University of Notre Dame beer stein. Hey, really good looking beer stein. Uh, something that you know would would look good not only on your table but you know on the back of your bar wherever you want to keep that. And, and that's one that came uh, as far as the auction goes a little on the late side. We just put yep. that on in the last couple of days, so. Uh, if you bid uh, three or four days ago, you probably didn't see it. And that applies to some other items as well. If you bid a couple of days ago, you probably didn't see some of the items that we've just added, but they're all going to be gone tonight. So Catholic Radio indy.org and it doesn't matter how many people are online at a time everybody can bid all at the same time it's it's a a lot of fun really hey there's one i I particularly want to point out because this is you know one of those things you're not going to see in a lot of auctions out there it's the indy car two-seater experience you get to sit in a a modified Indianapolis Indy 500 race car. It's two seats, one right behind the other. You're actually, the seat in back actually sits up a little higher so you can see over the driver's head. And uh, you'll get a couple of laps around the Indy 500 motor speedway. And it speeds up to 180 mile per hour. Now, this is one I would be bidding on if I had the shot at it, except for the fact that I don't think my cardiologist would approve. (laughs) So, you know, there's something about G-Force and a pacemaker that don't go together. So somebody else, please, uh, you know, do that and then send me a note. Let me know what it was like, because I grew up in the shadow of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This would have been a dream for me, but uh, you know, somebody else can can do that and uh, let us know what it was like. All kinds of great stuff out there. That just gives me an idea. We should uh, we should interview maybe the person who does who gets that. Interview them on Faith in Action, or just say, "Hey, what, what was the experience like?" That'd be pretty. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, there's all kinds of other great things out here. We've got uh, Tom Wood Group. Uh, has uh, donated an interior car detailing that's out there. We've got Professional Automotive. 
giving us three oil changes and uh, all kinds of really, really good items. By all means, go to www.catholicradioindy.org. Click on the uh, the link that'll take you out to the bidding owl and get your bids in. Bids close at 11.59 p.m. tonight. Absolutely, they do. Hey, thank you all for listening to our broadcast this afternoon and for bidding. The familiar music that you're hearing is actually the uh, theme from Kent's program on Saturday and Sunday and Thursday, the uh, Catholic Jukebox. And because our program was all about evangelism, we decided, well, we've got to find a, some music, a song that celebrates evangelism, and this does. That's what it's all about. Got to get the word out, get out in the world, and make it happen. 